Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to FOH. Um, I, I'm Lillian Devane. I'm Kelly Sullivan. And this is a podcast that serves all of your restaurant industry needs. Anything you're thinking about, we're talking about. Hey, we finger on the pulse. That is so true. Um, very fun. Gosh, uh, just a heads up to everyone. I am not the most hungover I've ever been, but not the least hungover I've ever been. You look nice. Really? Yeah. I put blush on before you came over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I went out with a friend of mine who I've known for a long time, a friend from Boston who lives in New York. He's a bartender and ever he's the kind of guy everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. So th- there were a lot of free drinks and a lot of shots. Yeah. When you hang Friends out with- Friends in yeah. high places. When you hang out with industry people, you never know what's going to happen. You don't. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really- it could, Anything could happen. I forget because I'm usually hanging out with like non-industry people. So I'm that person. Everyone's like, Jesus, you're drinking a lot. I'm like, you're an idiot. Mm. You know? Yeah. But then last night I was like, oh boy- you know? Yeah. I yeah. got to be the idiot. You're, you're the one who's like, hey, man. Hey, why don't you cool it with the drinks? Just right. kidding. I didn't say that. I <laughs> went one for one with my friend Dan, who is a few hundred pounds. <laughs> a few. My senior, too. I don't know how much men weigh. <laughs> that is true. I don't know how tall men are. I don't know how much they weigh. Yeah. How tall they are? They could be, what, seven, <laughs> eight feet? I wouldn't know. I, one time my ex, I was like, what are you, like, 5'9", five, 5'10"? Five, he was like, I'm 6'2". I was like, I wasn't, 6'2"? I wasn't trying to neg him, but he doesn't have that. Right. He's tall, tall but he doesn't strike me as tall. Right. You have a thing where you think people have tall energy, <laughs> which is very strange to me. I have a tall energy. No, you do. He had a short energy. Interesting. Not a short energy, but just a, he had a average height energy. <laughs> okay. So interesting <laughs> of a theory. <laughs> it's real. I know. Um, fun. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a little bit hungover, just so you all know this to heads up. Right. We're coming uh, in fast and loose. Yeah, I've got that next day five pints of Budweiser brain, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I don't know, a, just a working class dad. That's mm-hmm. me. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> uh, I'm a Pittsburgh dad on the pod today. Um, great. Do you have any service stories for the week? I have one story of something that happened on Saturday, which at the time was very annoying, but then felt normal. Okay. Which is that this guy, he was like, I'm going to order a bottle of wine. I was like, great. I come over, the bottle list is closed. And he says, I'll take the Minervois, which is a region in France. Uh Like it's not, it's very, it's like the most general way you could order a wine. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause I was like, I'll figure Like I was like, that's enough to go on. And then I looked at the list and we did only have literally one wine from Minervois. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that's what he wants. And I presented it to him. He was like, great. Then I poured it. He was like, um, I ordered a red. I was like, no, you didn't. And he was like, am I crazy here? And I was like, I mean, you're wrong. Like, I just said that because I was like, you said you're wrong. Yeah. I wasn't like, (laughs) (laughs) he was like, am I crazy here? And I was like, yeah, I think you're wrong. (laughs) Because I was like, no. And then I brought over the wine list and I was like, this is what you ordered. And he was like, oh, he was like, I wasn't paying attention. Like, yeah, no shit. (laughs) I was like, 
And then, and then, but then the weird thing was, was then he did order a different bottle of wine, but again, he ordered it by the region. He was like, I'll take the San Joseph. I was like, these are, you're saying it too general. Like, I was like, these are still, even though it's like, those are AOCs in regions for my wine heads out there. Like, it's like the region is like the Loire and then it's like within that. You should have been like, fool me once. I did. Like, then I brought it over with the wine list. Why don't you point? If if you've had a thing, point. Just point. There's point. no shame in pointing. No. I do it all the time because sometimes I'm like, because it is confusing because there's like five different things you can ask for a bottle of wine by. Yeah. And, and we do give a lot of information. Yeah. It's like the producer, the name of the wine, the region, the grape, the year. Like, it's like it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. So just say, it's this one. And I'll say, cool. I'll say, I'll say yum, yummy. <laughs> I will I'll, not. I'll do something weird. <laughs> but, and then as he was leaving, he's like, I've never been more embarrassed in my life. You're like, what and a I great like, life you what? left. I was like, I've done way more embarrassing stuff. Tonight. Tonight. <laughs> I was like, please do not worry about it, sir. Aw. And then we drank it and I thought it was really good. So. So. Fuck you to this dude. It was also someone I told my manager and I was like, I'm so sorry this happened. I was like, it really is my fault. I really should have clarified. And she was like, whatever. That's the last bottle of that wine. I've been trying to get rid of it for months. Nice. See, it was a perfect worked out. Yeah. It was, it was a very funny moment though. He was like, am I nuts? Yes. Yes, sir. You are. Mm -hmm. Um, what about you? No, nothing. I mean, uh, I have to take, I have to get my food handler's license, which is so boring to even say out loud. And I'm having, I'm in the throes of like taking quizzes about how long shellfish can be stored. It's just like, it's one of those things where because I have been out of school for so long that when I'm like required to do something that is so mind numbing, it's not even like learn about this wine or like anything that like, because it's in a, an assigned thing, my brain was just like went straight to bad kid zone where I was like, who can I fucking pay to take this test for me? Like I was like, how can I get out of this? Like that's what I thought about for like two days instead of studying for this thing. I was like, okay, all right, there's got to be a fucking way out of this. The te- the, I bet you the answers are online somewhere. I bet you like I was like, how can I scam my way out of this thing? And I can't. So now you pay like some <laughs> fucking high schooler to take like it's the SATs. You no, know? totally. I was like, there's got to be a way. Find a girl who looks kind of like me. I look like a thousand other people in New York City. That's so. true. People tell you that all the time. Yeah, it's not flattering. So, but in this case, it could be used to my advantage <laughs> if I want to get my food handler's license. <laughs> people are like, has anyone ever told you you look like this person? You're like, do you know if they have their... New York State food handler. I mean, just a quick, it's what I ask kind of everyone I meet. Um, See if they can. Anyways, it's fucking terrible. I don't like it. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's, I don't want to say that I'm like too smart to do it, but I do feel like it's like harming my brain. Yeah. I mean, that is a comfort is like, I know people (laughs) who are really stupid who have their food handler's license. So you're definitely going to pass. No, I know. And it's, it's the questions are like some, some occasionally they're funny enough to be like, to get like, I'm like my brain like will reignite with like joy, you know, it'll be like, which is a, (laughs) 
physical hazard that can be found in food. And the answers are just like a nail (laughs) poison. (laughs) Like they're like, they're literally all of the, there's so many questions where the answers are like fake fingernails. And I'm like, what, how is this a thing that happens a lot that I'm just not aware of? Anyone confused? Like you might find a fake nail in your food. And that might be a problem, but no one is confused as to whether it ought to be there. It's supposed to be in Tunisia. It's mm-hmm. a classic French element, and then people just think it's a hazard. <laughs> Uncultured Americans find a plastic nail. They in say their- this should be regulated. This should be, you know. But and you it's know like, what? In Europe, they put it in everything, and it's fine. Babies start eating plastic nails, okay? When they're five years old, they get the fed the plastic nails. It's plastic nails. It's shards of glass. It's like hilarious oh answers that I'm just like, this is funny. But but unfortunately, they're not all like that. Anyways, it's so boring. I am so sorry for anyone who's had to study for that test. It sucks dick. If you do have the answers, send them over. Please. I, I'm like 50 bucks. I'll send you over to, I think you have to go to like the Bronx or something yeah, and take it. Anyways, uh, wish me luck, everyone. It's literally making me so ill. Mm-hmm. From a foodborne illness that's found in dairy that's left out above 41 degrees. Thank I you. do know someone who you can't leave the room. Like once you enter the room, you can't leave. And she was like so hungover and she was like actively like swallowing down vomit. No. Because, but she passed. So that's good for you because <laughs> she could not like think she, about rotten fish while yeah, she was and she, hungover. But she couldn't leave the room. Like she couldn't just be like, excuse me. So she just was like, uh, that's really sad and funny. Yeah. But so, congrats. Yeah. So what I'm saying is. Now, if you fail, it'll be really embarrassing. Okay, well, I won't. I won't broadcast it if I do fail. That's for goddamn sure. Um, <laughs> only our patrons will find. Yeah, out. that's a Patreon only episode where I read out the answers to the food handlers exam. <laughs> uh, Ten dollar tier, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll put like sexy music in the background or something. Um. Also, just real quick before we get started, I do, I think it's so funny we should address that um, so many of you have asked us to do a DOH episode, and I think it's hilarious that you would want to hear us talk about DOH. It's boring, guys. Hey, it's so boring. I just talked about taking the food handler's license, which is essentially DOH, and it's the, I want to die. Guys, the DOH rules, it's... It, it's no ju- standing water. Uh, stu- you can't have st- uncovered beverages. Temperatures have to be at a certain thing for your walk-in. It flies. Food, food has to be six inches off the walk-in yeah. floor. No flies. No flies. There we go. We did it. Done. That's the DOH episode. episode. <laughs> but bless your hearts. It's adorable that you think we could make that interesting because I guarantee you we could not. It's impossible. It would be like... Essentially, it would be a flight video when they try to make those fun, you know? And you're like, you know what, United? Why don't you just tell just us to buckle our seat? Yeah, buckle it up, and that's it. And I'm going to go back oh, to listening. Oh, I can't smoke on this plane? Wow. Yeah, okay. Instead, we're all making the jerk-off motion watching you make a funny video for your fucking in-flight instructions. Yeah. You you guys are already making the jerk-off motion every time you hear us <laughs> open our mouths. Oh, these fucking girls. Oh, I thought you were saying because we got them, you know. Oh, because they're excited so by So horny. 
That could be the boss. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think we inspire. I, doubt it. I don't think we inspire the loins of many people. I feel like physically we might, but I can't imagine listening to this podcast. <laughs> what? No, it's not attractive. It's not. It doesn't display my best self. <laughs> I guess it does. I'm kidding. Um. Great. Well, speaking of your best self, Kelly. <laughs> Uh, what? What's <laughs> what's this episode about? So we're going to talk a little bit in a Broadway about... Broadway! Um, restaurant rent prices, gentrification, coffee shops, that guy who bought a condo for $238 million, frickin' de Blasio. Ma- <laughs> mass suicide. Frickin' hot dogs. <laughs> I don't know. Coney Island, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about the Russians, baby. The Russian. And I'm not talking Putin. I'm talking about the guys down on Coney Island. I just realized Russia. Yeah, it could be. It's in the. I'm just talking about the old guys on Coney Island. Got it. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. We're going to be talking about, uh, yeah, the effect. uh, I mean, and we're not going to get too specific because we all know what gentrification is. Y'all don't need us to fucking. You guys are smart. Right, we're not gonna we're not gonna give you a primer on what it is or why it's bad. Yeah, hopefully you know. We're all gentrifiers. We we know why we're bad. Yeah, and if you don't know, <laughs> pause this podcast, Google it, come on back, self-flagellate for a little bit. <laughs> let you know if you are white. Let your white guilt really you know really just marinate. get in there yeah. and be like, oh my god, I'm such a part of the problem. Right. You want to be like that creepy monk in the Da Vinci Code. Ooh, I thought you were going to say in the name of the rose. Have you seen that oh, movie? Oh, I haven't seen that. You get to see uh, Christian Slater's dick, which I used to rewind and then play over and over again when I was a kid. Placid? I don't know. Oh, now that I think about it, I thought it was seared in my mind, but maybe it was just the concept. He, it's a, a it's a, like a medieval monk thing. It's very good. It's very weird and kind of hot, the movie. Interesting. Anyways, but there's a bunch of movies where monks whip themselves, and Kelly and I both have... Uh... The Da Vinci Code is on Hulu, though. <laughs> so. For my Dan Brown heads out there, Da Vinci Code's on Hulu. The origin of the white guilt is a monk <laughs> whipping himself. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, anyways. So, basically, take- how this started is we were doing research for the diner episode that we did a couple weeks ago, and Eater happened to put up this article about, um, like, restaurant rents. And basically, most restaurants want to keep their rent, you want to keep it about 10% of your operating costs. Uh-huh. And they were talking about how that is like not feasible in a lot of places. So basically like retail leases are a lot longer term than like person leases. Uh huh. What do you call those? Uh, personal residential resident yeah. <laughs> person <laughs> leases. Um, so it's like you're, you're negotiating for like 10 or 15 years. And that's why sometimes you'll read these articles where it's like, they wanted to raise the rent four thousand dollars a month but it's like it was negotiated yeah. in 1995 right right but um so a lot of restaurants have been priced out recently and eater was talking about it in terms of affecting uh like individual restaurants mm-hmm. and saying that like it's part of the thing that it's doing in new york is like 
Now everything is like counter service, fast, casual. They're all either parts of national chains or like mini chains. And that is just changing the face of restaurants. It's like, you can think what you want to think about it. Yeah. I read a thing that's saying that now because a lot of, so a lot of leases that were signed during the recession are now being, are up for negotiation. So they got them super cheap and now they're like exponentially. Yeah. So a lot of places are going out of business now because it's been 10 years. Yeah. If it was a 10 year lease, you were negotiating it at the like nadir of the crisis in 2008. And now. Yeah. You fucked. You fucked. (laughs) Here's something you might be able to understand. You fucked. You fucked. Um, and then, so we were kind of doing, I was reading a little bit about that. And then you read an interesting article about <clears throat> some other evil shit landlords are doing. Oh my God. So I got this, this actually comes to me by way of comedy. So I was, uh, <laughs> so shout out to comedy. Shout out to comedy. Thank you so much. Um, no, I was texting with my buddy Max and we were trying to meet up. He said, let's meet up at this place called The Platform. And I was like, I've never heard of this place before. But I also don't know Bushwick that well. So I just Googled it just to be like, what is this place? Is it a club? Is it a bar? And it's a coffee shop. And I was like, first of all, no thanks, she. Um, I'm not doing coffee shop it's called go to a bar you're an adult i know but the bath. but the mic is in a cut co- and it's like oh what well, it's very you know bob dylan anyways so i you know what happened to him now he's doing fucking chrysler commercials now so he, that's what know, that's what you want you want to do a christian album and then be a victoria's secret angel what if bob dylan was he was in a victoria's he had a victoria's secret commercial no he did not he sure did yeah that was in the like 1998 or something I remember because I was real into Bob Dylan, of course, in 1998. <clears throat> yeah, I know. It's fucked up. We'll watch it later. Okay. So anyways, I did read. I just Googled it and it led me down this rabbit hole of reading about this whole fucking thing that I had no idea existed. No, did I didn't know either. about this. No, no, no. You sent this to me and I was like, it's what? It's truly horrifying in its like disgusting complexity and like yeah. spider-like, you know. Anyways. So this is an article or a piece, I guess, written by this guy, Felix Zeltner, which anyways, um, (laughs) (laughs) but there's no heroes in this story because this guy who wrote this article, he moves month to month with his wife to different neighborhoods in New York and like writes pieces about them. So he's part of the problem too. I know. I read that. That's like sort of like the intro and I was like wait what the yeah you're like you have to skip over that guy's backstory to get to this other shitty backstory so anyways this article is basically talking about specifically this coffee shop the platform and the name of the article is do developer owned coffee houses accelerate New York City gentrification to which you might say "Yes, yes I don't even need to read this article but I did and it's very very interesting so basically these people will go into neighborhoods obviously that have lower real estate prices open up a coffee shop and then use that coffee shop as one sort of like an incentive to for people to be like look like there's new places opening up there's a new coffee shop we have almond milk lattes like don't you want to live here and then also use that coffee shop as places to like sign leases and like negotiate so it's like look it's this hub of community like we're all meeting here this is like so they they create this they're like creating and abetting (laughs) gentrification in one fell swoop 
It's so crazy to me. Yeah, it's like they own the buildings, so they then get their coffee shop in there for no rent. Then they can jack up the prices of the rent in the building because that is justified by the coffee shop. Like it creates this <clears throat> cycle. Yeah. And then it alienates the people who did live in that neighborhood. It's like yeah. so fucked up. And sorry. No, I, go ahead. Oh, just they were interviewing one guy who did this exact thing in Harlem. Harlem was where it kind of started, I think. And guess where he's from? Australia. You're like, that's correct. <laughs> that's I saw, exactly correct. I saw that too. And I was like, you motherfucker. You, I, you snake in the grass. <laughs> I want to read you just a few choice uh, excerpts from this article because there's so many things to just want. You want to throw your phone across the fucking room. Um, so the guy who the, the real estate guy um, it, who is in this particular situation, his last name is uh, Freed. So that's who this this paragraph reference. This is the guy in Bushwick. This is the guy in Bushwick. Um, it says, says uh, Freed is a born and raised Brooklynite, whatever, who came to the neighborhood five years ago because friends of his had purchased buildings. OK. And he, too, wanted to get into real estate. Since then, he's expanded his team at Subway Realty fucking great name and this is the best part so named because quote brooklyn is all about the subway <laughs> he explains uh what are you talking about what does that fucking mean and then a picture of this guy in the shittiest most ill-fitting like uniqlo fucking v-neck sweater i've ever seen he looks like such a fucking doof um and then this is my other favorite quote and then i'm done um <laughs> here's a quote coffee is like wine today he says who sat over coffee back in the days now coffee is like an art none of those things make sense by themselves they especially don't make sense altogether as an idea people have all cafe society freaking paris coffee coffee's been coffee is the thing people sit over since the fucking dawn of time what are you talking about yeah that reads like what my mom thinks is going on in new york like she's <laughs> like ah brooklyn they're all about oh, the subway oh my god this guy it's just like and this guy's like another person referenced in the article who's in real estate i think it was the harlem guy is yeah. like yeah you take a 72 hour course bam you're a real estate agent and now I get to do whatever I want. It's like if you have the capital to invest in these like little things that can grow and change an entire fucking community and neighborhood, that is insane to me. That shouldn't be allowed. No. And it's just like, like then I was reading about kind of not like this specific phenomena, but um, like there were some articles were referencing this. And also I was reading about like gentrification in Chicago and in um, Logan square and Pilsen and places in Chicago. And they were like the, their ideas of community outreach were like so condescending feeling to yeah. me. Like where it was like, they're like, we'll give everyone a dollar cup of coffee if they're from the neighborhood instead of a $4 cup of coffee. Uh -huh. I was like, that's like not cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's not like community outreach. You being like, uh, if you've lived here for longer and you're black, you can have dollar coffee. Yeah. That's really fucking insane. Yeah. That's literally what turning point USA does when they have those affirmative action bake sales. <laughs>
Yeah, it's just, honestly, I'm just, I, I know I shouldn't be surprised, but every time I read something like this, it's No, just, this was beyond the pale evil. Right? It's yeah. so fucking evil. And these dudes are just, just the worst fucking people. Every quote is so inane, not thoughtful, not interesting, not educated. It's just like, it's so fucking disgusting. And the fact that like, and and no like no shade to my buddy Max who's like let's go to this open mic but it's like it's not out in the open you know what I mean like I just googled it and then it came up and I was like wait what the fuck like yeah I don't know it's really fucking gross it's o- gross. I mean obviously we're not- it's like the idea that like and then it's also just this like <sighs> question of gentrification and like I know we said we weren't doing a primer but like <laughs> here I go um but just that like there's always this narrative about gentrification that it's like somehow representative of like progress and like that it has like some like kind of like moral value Uh and like that raising rent prices represents progress and like bringing in more expensive shit is better. And all these like fucking real estate guys are like, we're improved. We're actually helping and improving. And it's like, you're destroying communities. And the reason that your fucking coffee shop becomes a community center is because you're bringing in people who aren't comfortable right. operating within the framework of the neighborhood as it exists. Right. So you're bringing in people who are like, oh my God, yes, I'm latching onto this space because it's recognizable to uh-huh. me. It's like, fuck you. Like all, like f- those, that infrastructure already exists in the community, but it's not exposed to you because you don't understand it. Right. No, ex- no, that is, it, it, and it's all representative in this one weird little practice it can you can see the entire process in it it's very very gross it's gross and sad um and the fact that this bro in this shitty ass v-neck sweater is in charge of fucking people's lives like essentially yeah no totally it's it's fucked it's so fucked it's crazy it's crazy i mean i think that like we the, I guess the problem with the conversation, which we're like doing too, but like centering the conversation of gentrification around places like these coffee shops is like, it doesn't talk about the fact that like it actively displaces people from their homes. Yes. And like, it is like, it affects poor people's like quality of life. Like where you're like in a home, in a community, you're displaced from that. It changes like your work life, your family life. Like it's like yeah. so far reaching and fucking Ugh. an Australian. How dare in you? My in my- <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Oh I man. We it. offended like the two Australian people we know with our Australian. We already lost those listeners. You're right. I don't know why we're, we're not, we're not good. Them. Um, it's also, then I was reading about like sort of the, the conclusion to, not an inevitable conclusion by any means, but an conclusion I was reading about on Bleecker Street, which is this is more retail space than restaurant spaces. But like after like Magnolia Bakery and like all this shit in the early aughts yeah. was opened, like rent got so expensive there that it literally became and they they would like there were ground floor like garden apartments yeah. that were turned into real estate, uh, like real whatever real what? what am I saying? I don't know. Real, real. <laughs> I cannot speak. 
Realty? Retail. 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 Oh. Realty and retail are too close and my brain just could not, couldn't say both. I'm sorry. I had a stroke. I will never be able to save you when you're having a stroke because I was like, it's Kelly's. That's just the way she talks. Oh my God. I could not figure I, that I out. I really left you hanging there. Because no, my, that's okay. My own brain is broken right now, unfortunately. Oh my God. That's okay. I just literally I was like, like, I don't I know what not. to do right I now. Don't. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> anyway, so retail space was so... So they like carve out all this extra retail space. It got so high priced that even like it was like Coach and Marc Jacobs and all these like sort of like middle high end like brands that wanted that space for their brand and were driving up the prices like they couldn't even afford it. So then Bleecker became like a Rust Belt town like where everything was empty because no one could afford like they were renting it out for like seven and eight hundred dollars a square foot. Jesus. And like, I don't even know how big that is. <laughs> and, oh uh, my God. 700 square feet. Was that like a shopping mall? <laughs> That's crazy. It's per square foot. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and then, so now they're like having to have this like revitalization of like, a street in the village. It's so crazy. Like that's what the end of gentrification looks like. Yeah. Is you like drive out. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like no one can, it's uh, completely unsustainable. Yeah. I mean, that's like what created the fucking recession in the first place is like you drive up, you keep saying like higher and higher value is like our goal and it will go on forever. I don't know why this is making me smile for some reason. <laughs> I feel like it's hitting some part of my brain that's like, yes, Mark Jacobs doesn't have a home. When I know that's not what is actually happening, I'm like, finally. I mean, his fall from grace has been wonderful to see. It has. It really has. I used to want one of those purses that all the like really weird coked out girls at Harvard had. Of course. With the chain. And then I was like, I don't need to spend that on that purse. Who didn't? And like, I feel like every like slightly quirky girl was like, this is cool. Yeah. This would look good on me. But it doesn't. No. So glad I didn't do that. Peter Pan collars. I did that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you can pull it off. You're like, um, you know, you're darling. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I certainly don't feel that way today, <laughs> but um, passing, blacking out while watching The Crown last <laughs> night. <laughs> Is anything more darling what? than that? What a sweet girl. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it is so sinister to 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 be able to reference both the beginning and the end of gentrification cycles in New York as we speak. Yeah, I mean, this that's a really it was like a very interesting. I actually read it like a year ago, and I think about it all the time. That yeah, article about Bleecker Street. I'm gonna say the name of it right now. Yeah, so bring it up, bring ready. it up, bring it up, bring it up. It's called. Bleecker Street swerve from Lux shops to vacant stores. Nice. Yeah. Who's Good. the? Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, I didn't Google write it down. It. So. Google it. You can Google <laughs> it if you want to know who the author is. Yeah. We don't care. And now De Blas, old De Blas, <laughs> is saying there's going to be a vacancy tax on landlords that hold because people will hold the space open. Right. Like saying like they won't let it until they get like the certain price they're asking, but places will stay open for like two and three years. And it is like all of that retail space could be, well, not all of it, but some of it could be turned back into housing. Yeah. That will never happen. Pervs. Yeah. There is, this is like not a good example, but just kind of of that whole vacancy thing where there's this like really evil landlord in Boston. Um, forgetting his name. I wish I could fucking call him out, but 
there was this place called the Milky Way that was candle pin bowling. They had like free bowling on Mondays. Like everybody went. It was like super fun. Like, and a very like, like a bowling alley is a very specific space. Like you mm-hmm. can't just open, like people don't yeah. open bowling. Like they've been there since the fifties. Yeah. And then there was like a lease negotiation and the new, the owner was like, I can't pay that. So this dude just fucking shut it down and it's been down for like 10 years because no one wants to just open a bowling alley for a gazillion dollars. And it's yeah. just like shit like that where it's like not like hipsters need a place to go fucking candle pin bowling, but it was like a really like cool, like everyone went there and now it's fucking gone forever because this dude's like, oh, I'm not going to get what I want. I'm just going to hold it indefinitely. Yeah, it's just like I think very depraved to me that like I mean ostensibly we all came to New York like for the culture here but like all of us being here drives up the cost of living so much that it like pushes out then like any natural drug dens any natural drug den any (laughs) sort of opium yellow curtain that's what I came here for like it just pushes out any anything that's not like corporate and not developed because there's like, you need so much money behind anything to open it now. Right. It's fucked up. It's super fucked up. I and mean, then that's why we have to deal with constant pop-ups in our lives. God, I know so many pop-ups. It's also like if your friend's having a pop-up, <laughs> you kind of like, it feels like more pressure to go. If you're like, you have a restaurant, it's like, yeah, I'll swing by. That's years. That's a timeline of absolutely years. God willing. If someone's like, I have a two week pop up. You got to be fucking there. You got to go. And you're trying to be supportive. Hey, hey, hey. Mamma mia. I mean, we are supporting all of our friends, small businesses. You know, it's a, it's a burden that we love that we love. I just bought two phone cases on Etsy. Etsy. Yeah. Now I'm supporting those small businesses. <laughs> girls who make deco den cases. We're here for you, girls. <laughs> Love you, girls. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Yeah. I mean, there is stuff that... And then I was reading, too, about this coffee shop in Denver, which seems Denver. like a hellish place, uh, that was, like, happily gentrifying the neighborhood since 2014. Wait, that was their actual slogan? Yeah. Or, they like, it was, say, like, a they, sign. They can say that because there's nothing but white people in Denver. So that's like a joke on themselves. People weren't happy. Well, good. And then people were like, uh, this is fucked up. And then they were like, we're going to boycott this place. And it like, it made me think about what is like a good action to take against gentrification. Because like you can't, that's not like boycotting that one coffee shop for those people in Denver. Um, yeah. It's yeah. not, they're too they're, stoned. They're yeah. not like going to figure anything out. But, um, There's no activism in that's Denver. That's not going to like do that's not even going to slow down gentrification. It's already they're saying it's already been happening for yeah. 5 years. Yeah. You know. So and so I think that's when people are talking about like universal rent control, like the vacancy tax, like right. all of this stuff. Right. That is cuz I feel like gentrification especially as a white person you're like, "Well, what am I supposed to do about it?" There are things you can organize around. Yeah, there's those. They have listicles online. You can check it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true, Lillian. You know, so that's something thoughtful you can do for your community. Mm-hmm. Just read an online thing and then don't do it. 
Um, the New York Times did publish a piece about that guy buying the giant apartment for $200 million. Uh huh. And they were like, the rich, it was seen as un-American after World War II to live in such decadence. And then they were like talking about these rich people. And I think it was supposed to be like kind of ironic because they were talking about like these like homes that people built that just like weren't as big as they are now. But I was like, no, rich people have always sucked. Yeah. And we could have like... If we had destroyed all the wealth that was accumulated in that era, like we could not even be facing this now. God, why didn't more people murder back then? Yeah, not enough murder. Not enough coups. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I just do one more quote from this Ari? Yeah. It's Ari Freed. Ari Freed. You suck. You fucking suck. You fucking suck. I'm drunk again, everybody. Okay, wait, just real quick. This is just, I think, summarizes the mentality that these fucking people have. He says, it's not like I'm doing this for business or for money. He explains. I I saved this quote, too. I did it for the community. I did it because I'm an entrepreneur, and I did it because there is nothing around here. Can you believe I like also love the idea of like I'm an entrepreneur. I didn't do it for money. Yeah. What, what are that's... you preneuring about then? <laughs> Entree and preneur. Entree into my preneur. Uh, what's the preneur? <laughs> if you're not doing it for money. I he anyone who's I mean, we all this is a classic joke, but you call yourself an entrepreneur, like that's you were saying you're a sociopath. For sure. That's what that means. For sure. You're a fucking rich asshole who doesn't have empathy. Yeah. You're a VC. You're an entrepreneur. Any of this. I'm saying these are people who are sociopaths. What's VC? Venture capitalist. Oh, God. I thought you meant Viet Cong for a second. And I was like. Oh, (laughs) my God. What the fuck? (laughs) I was like, Kelly, you can't fucking say that. I would never say that. Also, why would that be like, I'm like, oh my God, gentrifiers are so bad. Um, the Viet Cong. Like what? I know we said my brain is broken. I know we had discussed that. Oh my God. It's because I, wa- I only watch Vietnam war movies and drink Budweiser. God oh damn my it. God. <laughs> that is insane. You fucking... Oh, man. Anyways, well, I think we've covered this topic as much as we From from Kenneth Kenneth Griffin to the Viet Cong, (laughs) we cover it all. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Sound off in the comments if any of this made sense. It did. (laughs) I think it did. Um, We're going to do a live show soon, so stay tuned for details. We're still working out all of that literally all literally all of it we are fine trying to figure it out because we've never done it before so um but it'll be really fun mm-hmm. please review rate and subscribe and that's all she wrote that's all she wrote good a freaking bye